0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast Show. I'm your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, and father, and Army veteran. I'd like to introduce you to my co-host. He's a Christian, devoted husband, and father, my brother. What's up, Jason? How's it going, brother? What's up, man? How's everybody going out there? How is <laughs> This panel is amazing. we yes. got some heavy hitters here today. We do. We do. So, guys, we're going to do a roundtable on UFOs, fallen angels, demons, and Nephilim, okay? And we have an amazing uh cast for you guys today first off i'd like to introduce you to uh he's the director of ufos angels and gods and uh he has an awesome uh, uh youtube channel just look up Ali alisaya.10 how's it going ali
1: very good josh thank you for having me jason good to see you again welcome
2: back dude and it's uh it's good to see you our, our last shows did really good man it's, it's you have a lot of good
1: information <laughs> wonderful praise the lord great to see everybody yes. else here Ali
0: is here at 12 o'clock at night, his time. So you guys (laughs) better check out his channel and you better subscribe. You better watch this documentary and appreciate this man. Thank you so much, man. So, okay. So next up on our panel, we have uh, the author of Genesis six conspiracy. Here's the book. He also is all over the place with all these podcasts. And, and like I always say, man, he's Mount Crushmore. He's been on our show like six or seven times. Him and Ryan Peterson are competing to see who comes on the most. And Ali is right behind <laughs> him. And then Scott, you're right there too, bro. But how's it going,
3: Gary Wayne? Doing very well. And uh, Genesis 6 Conspiracy Part 2, how understanding prehistory in giants helps define end time prophecy is I'm working with the publishers on the details of it right now it's just a matter of when it gets into the queue and going through the marketing process and it's specifically designed at Christians for this one so it goes pretty deep into the Bible and yeah so happy to be with you guys tonight and uh, yeah I just needed to do a a little promo on on my sequel so
0: Yeah please no problem okay cool and uh next up we have uh the author of First Off the Judgment of the Nephilim let me show this book so you guys could see and then we have the final Nephilim, and uh, also I want to tell you guys that his audiobook just came out, so please check that out and um, check out his um, his YouTube channel, Judgment of the Nephilim, Ryan Peterson. How's it going, my brother?
4: Yeah, doing great, Jason. Great to see you, brothers, and I'm um, excited to be on this panel tonight.
0: <laughs> yes, last uh, time you guys did an amazing job, uh, definitely. And uh, next up, we have the uh, he has a podcast, uh, Bible Mysteries. And he is also an author. He's uh, writing a book right now. I think it's on, um, I don't know when it's going to be coming out, but he can kind of fill us in on that. But um, how's it going, Scott Mitchell?
5: It's great, Josh and Jason. Great to see you again. The book's still in progress. Uh, Haven't made a lot of... uh, further evidence i keep discovering new things so yeah. i can't finish it <laughs> and guys like problem. gary and, and, and ryan <laughs> will stop writing stuff then maybe i can catch up you know <laughs> uh, but we're just fresh off of our first inaugural uh summit we called it debriefing 2023 in january where our esteemed guest was ryan peterson Perfect. and he we were all blown away by that uh the video will be out very soon for people if they want to download and watch it and, uh, we're, we're working on some new material for the podcast, expanding uh new website, new members
0: area. So yeah, it's, it's
5: really, it's amazing how fast it's
0: growing. And a lot of our listeners always hit me up like, dude, you got to get on Scott's show and, I, and then he's got to get on your show. So once we connected, uh, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. I was so happy that, that, um, that he came on and, and, and I was on his show, but it's, we're going to redo it because I guess he got a race. So. We'll it, redo sure
5: that. <laughs> it sure did. It sure did. We're so we're gonna reconnect. You bet.
0: So I'm gonna go with two Bible verses real quick. That um, uh, you know, I have like a a couple that I'm gonna go through later that goes directly to I think maybe UFOs in the Bible. You know, we could check that. But these ones are just kind of going over. So Matthew 24 verses 36 through 38. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were. So also would the coming of the son of man be for as in the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. The reason why I chose this verse uh, is because of the um, as as the days of Noah were, because I think we might be able to connect. I want to see if we can connect some Nephilim to the UFOs if we can. Uh, Hopefully we can. If not, I'll try to connect it as best I can. And then we got second Thessalonians two verses 11 through 12. It says, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. And they should believe a lie that all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Um, I think I chose this one because of the strong delusion. Uh, for me, I think the strong delusion started uh back in like the 1540s when they did the heliocentric model. But other people would say the strong delusion is gonna be kind of the uh maybe the UFO uh fake alien invasion, stuff like that. Strong delusion, guys. We gotta be understand there's gonna be a lot of deceit happening when the end times happen. So um, first question I have for the panel would be uh do you believe in UFOs and and who or what is flying these UFOs? And um, I'll start out with uh, with Gary since you're unmuted. I can start out with you first.
3: No problem. Who's problems. piloting these things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a really interesting topic. So the question was, do I believe in UFOs? Uh, I think the generic term unidentified flying objects is pretty easy to to agree with. What they act exactly are tends to be more complicated uh i think the alien mythos is how it's going to be presented to us i don't think this is a galactic table of rebellious angels like in star wars i mean of aliens like in star wars or any any of the science fiction Uh, i think it is more interdimensional beings uh, coming through portals things like that that seems to be It is part of the alien mythos and it seems to be more consistent with the rebellious hierarchy. So I would look at the ability of angels being changelings, Uh, as we know that they can take a physical form from the Bible and that they can choose any form that they want, that they could create quite a collection nomenclature of different names and species that could be very very deceptive they have angelic technology so they can do all sorts of things they can come through uh, dimensions i think there's an angelic rebellious hierarchy that's involved as well so you would have different ranks and orders within the angels but you have the lower orders of the visible ones versus the invisible ones as we're told we fight both against and i think that's part of that delusion as well so as you get into that that order, and immediately below the angelic Saba, the host of heaven, the rebellious ones in this case, you have the demigod spurious offspring. And so you have the Nephilim that would be, and the Rephaim who would be at the top of the visible order, I think, because I would place them. Uh, We may not have physical ones, we may have physical ones, but we'll definitely have the demonic spirits, the disembodied spirits that will be possessing, taking uh, clone bodies, however they're going to interact, they're going to be a significant part of that. And then below that, you you have the elementals, as described in the rebellious hierarchy, and that's going to include uh, several kinds of beings. Three of the groups are the little ones um and particularly of note in that group you would have the greys of the fairies the good the, the ugly ones of the there's three basically small ones you've got good looking ones you've got ugly ones and you've got mischievous ones and in the ugly ones you've got the gnomes and they throughout our history come through portals and flying machines. They kidnap people. They do sexual experimentation. They're looking to rejuvenate their DNA. I put a couple of descriptions in my book about that. If you didn't know it was a fairy abduction, you would swear it was a gray alien abduction. So I think that's part of it. They would be at the bottom, but there's a fourth elemental group that kind of hits the sort of reptilian aspect of that hierarchy, I think. And that's the salamanders. And these are larger than humans um but smaller than nephilim and lower in the hierarchy than the nephilim so i think between all of these different kinds of creatures that they would have created or have recreated or have saved somehow some way throughout history that's going to be part of that that delusion that comes and we under and we know that the nephilim both in spirit and in body, just like the little ones, have the ability to come through portals. So the Ugaritic text, for example, talks um, significantly about this. And we would understand that biblically as the travelers in um, Ezekiel 39 uh, from the Hebrew word abar, which means to come across and associated with death. And we also get that word elementals and rudiments from stoikion being the Greek word for this inclusion in that. Rebellious hierarchy. So I would definitely include the elementals as part of the alien deception.
0: Okay, awesome. And uh, we could go next with uh, Ali. How you doing?
1: Good, good, Josh. Thank <laughs> you. Go ahead.
0: Go ahead. As far as the question
1: you asked, um, do I believe in UFOs? Well, you know, I I saw one on this amazing trip in the deserts of Iran with my dad and his wife up close. And so they say seeing is believing. Definitely, you know, there's something. The question is what it is. And I think the conclusions we put out in our 2006 documentary, the one you mentioned, UFOs, angels and gods. I mean, that's still what I'm going with, which is that um, this entire phenomenon, when I looked into the scriptures, I saw that the Rehev, the vehicle or chariot, that's the word in Hebrew, Rehev. It means something that you ride or carries you. Elohim is associated with God, you know, the chariots of God. It's translated. But in the passage in Psalms, it could also be angels. And then, of course, the Lord comes with his chariots, it says in Isaiah 66. So for me, right off the bat, I thought, okay, I don't know exactly what the inside of this thing would be, or I don't want to make up an understanding that superimposes 20th century ideas on it or, you know, the mystery of God's creation. I don't understand the building blocks of the creation. I don't even understand how my car operates but definitely it was okay so something the bible talks about the real world and so this is the world of angels we're talking about now as far as how to divide it um yeah i think that this is a this is a fixture of the world of angels whatever this is this you know how does how many different types there are you know elijah's taken up and a chariot of fire so i don't understand the details of the there's a lot of mystery you know about this world of angels but definitely okay so god is removing another end time veil he's He's showing us something It was perhaps not so previously hidden a little bit. But we're a generation that's invited to, I think, see it for what it is. Now, as far as the division, um, so yeah, I think that the Lord does come back with an armada. And I think that this is the world of God and angels, and it's full of mystery still. Um, The time that we live in, the whole idea that in 1947, all of these things start to pour out into the world. What happened did... Was there a gate opened? Uh, There's rituals being done. Um, It's possible, absolutely. And I think it it corresponds for me to the birth of Israel, which does talk about kind of end time prophecy, the same time these things happen. And the Lord did talk about the days of Noah. Um, And in the Hebrew thinking, the idea was that all the ages that are in the Bible are pregnant with the story of a future age. That's why they are in the Bible, like the story of the Exodus. You know, the Lord lifted up the third cup of the Passover meal and said, this is my blood. He became the lamb of the story of Exodus. So the stories of the Bible, um, the the three and a half years, perhaps. And so here, the days of Noah were the days of these beings. And and there would be a reoccurrence of these things, uh, it seems. Um, There are prophecies in the book of Daniel and other places that point to this idea. So for me, it was, wow. So these guys have emerged are taking a last stand. They're rebranding themselves as aliens to the scientific age, to the Galilean telescope, to the world in which we live. Um, and so the abductions, yes, there's hybrids being created. That seems to be a continuation of the Nephilim and even the parable of wheat and tares, I thought, that there's a continuation from the Garden of Eden, and the seed of the serpent, all the way into our age. And into the end of the age even, so that's why we need a new body, a resurrected body, so this was the MO of the fallen angels, the fact they were mostly around the nations of the world, they were here with us, this is what the prince of this world, as far as the nature of the angelic world, I don't know, for me, the idea that, um, I look at Corinthians chapter 15, and all of these celestial body, and earthly body, and just the glory of God's creation, how vast it is, even the Earth and the different bodies that God has created for plants and animals. So for me, He may have created a whole slew. I mean, the numbers given to us in the Book of Daniel and Revelation in the court of heaven—they're just huge numbers of beings are are pointed to. So exactly how? Which one of them are physical? Which one of them are have bodies of light? Like I think the the top guys have gamma rays. That's why they're called the shining ones. And so the um I don't know about the details of it, but. The idea that somehow they're just ghosts to take a human form to you know touch base with us for a moment, I don't see that transition anywhere in scripture mentioned. I see it in Christian tradition. It is passed down as an idea. I also see that with the ideas of Augustine and Origen, there's a spiritualization coming into European Christianity where it becomes all about ghosts even the Lord who's the son of David you know becomes a spirit even though there's already a spirit version of him the Holy Spirit right there's the Holy Spirit is already the version of God that is spirit so for me it's possible that that this is happening in our in our world and and the fact that the, that this entire end time scenario may have these luminous orbs and these whatever they are these Rechev and these Merkabah and these chariots of God coming in the scroll of Isaiah that's not the problem. The problem is the narrative that defines it and the lie that you mentioned. It is a specific lie. And I think it begins with the idea and what that lie is. We can talk about it later. But I think it begins with the idea that the rebranding, that, that you know the angel world is just all aliens. And that's, you know, History Channel is already doing that. Even the stuff that we talk about in the ancient world is being told it's all ancient aliens. So I think it's about first creating the idea of the cosmos with the Renaissance, the Galileo and, and, and you know, the rockets into space and Sputnik and now Elon Musk and NASA and all that rebranding reality for us first, and then Darwin, and then placing themselves inside of this narrative as modern day gods or aliens, their new mask, and then perhaps eventually, of course, turning the whole thing around and even making the Lord and his angels into into aliens. And I think it's it's possible for him to do that because the nature of the angelic world, in a way, lends itself in some ways to that actually. Uh, I, that's not the problem. I think the Bible does talk about these these, these things, but it's a bit of a mystery as for the details of it. So we don't want to nail it down and sort of impose our world, but we don't want to make it into a world of magic and spirit and ignore the machinery of the universe and God's creation. Um, so definitely there are the fallen angels, the ones that are here. The majority UFO phenomenon, the abduction program, Nephilim, modern day hybrids. This is all the, the days of Noah reoccurrence. This is all the fallen angels. And I think the angels of the Lord are coming. And I just finished with this, that as far as we know, the angels of, of God are here because you may meet someone un- unawares. But when I look at Michael, who's over Israel, I wonder if his armada and his people are also around Israel uh you know if these guys are behind the nations like the one that i saw in iran it was coming down and it went into the earth how long has that been maybe it has been here there since antiquity daniel talks about the prince of persia withstanding the angel that comes from god how long has that been there but so could it be that today michael and his angels are also guarding israel so maybe some of this is it still the angels of the lord as well but definitely i would say the majority and the whole entire phenomenon is dark and demonic and has the mo of what in christian culture we call fallen angels but the bible refers to them as the sons of god and i would even argue in my documentary the gods of the nations
0: there we go wow excellent excellent stuff all right so next i'll go with ryan peterson how's it going go ahead man
4: yeah good good i think um you know excellent points by gary and ali and i agree with um a lot of it and one i definitely think you know uh As Gary said, this is that we're dealing with the interdimensional, the spiritual dimension. Of course, these are spirit realm beings, fallen angelic beings, demonic beings, principalities, powers, thrones. And I just want to point out a couple of things. Um, When we think about just from scripture, how, you know, we talk about all the time how the scripture says, uh, you know, Satan masquerades as an angel of light. So it's no surprise that his minister is also masquerade. This is a lot of this is about the masquerade taking on this appearance of being physical extraterrestrial beings from another planet as opposed to spirit realm beings. And, and and then also think about the, when we know that they can shape shift, they can be changelings, they can take on this appearance. And then also think about the fact of the, when we see angelic encounters in scripture, how overpowering they are, right? Daniel passes out. He literally faints. This is an angel gets woken up, passes out again, That it's very overwhelming to the human eyes, the human senses, that when they reveal part of their divine light that they have, and they're part of their actual presence to humans, it is scary, it's frightening, it's overpowering, it's dazzling. And all this is going to be very important for the end times, great tribulation, and, and, and really the strong delusion that will come during the reign of the Antichrist. And so... When we think about these two things that we know from scripture, the, and where does that lead us to? I think it leads us to kind of what Ali was talking about in terms of the veil, that the veil is going to be removed in the days of Noah. You have fallen angelic beings openly interacting with humanity, right? They have the sons of God, the B'nai ha Elohim, appearing to human beings, marrying women, conceiving the, the the Nephilim. So this is, this is what we're going to see once again in the great tribulation and You know, I I always stop with the fact that, you know, this type of when Jesus when Jesus points to the days of Noah, it's what I call the scroll of time and this repetition that we see all throughout the Bible of events to their final fulfillment. And of course, in the days of Noah, you have the flood flood waters coming from the fountains of the deep, as well as the windows of heaven opening. And there's going to be a repetition of the flood in the Great Tribulation. But it is an angelic flood when you have the abyss opened at the fifth trumpet of revelation nine and the locusts so i believe are the benaiah elohim for the sons of god from Genesis six coming out of the abyss with apollyon as well as revelation 12 which is alluded to as well the war in heaven when michael Mm -hmm. excuse me and his armies cast out satan and the remainder of his armies down to earth to openly interact and Mm -hmm. excuse me what i think is interesting What I cite um, in the final Nephilim is uh, a passage from Hippolytus, you know, circa 202 AD on on Christ and Antichrist, the oldest extant writing on Revelation we have today. And he describes that passage of Satan and his angels being evicted from heaven in Revelation 12 as, uh, you know, to the human eye, a beautiful thing. He describes these angels coming down, these evil angels, the principalities, powers that we fight against in Ephesians 6, saying that basically saying, What if they appear as beautiful beings singing hymns? And the Antichrist is among them, floating to the sky, bathed in beautiful light. And and I think he's really on to something we think about that this is a deception, that the end times kingdom of antichrist is going to be, it's not going to be based on. Overwhelming force and putting a gun to your head to say you have to worship—it's deceiving. It's a deception. It's de- a delusion. And this is where I think if we're ever going to see the, the the fulfillment of the end time alien UFO phenomenon delusion, it will be at that point when these beings appear and they can present themselves and say, "Yes, we are from another planet. We seeded the human race seven thousand years ago, and now here we are. We have come back." help you evolve to your next level of consciousness and all you know become homo sapien 2.0 and as we see you know and even looking in the news with the way disclosure has been ramped up by the us government by the israeli government the uk i mean all of a sudden documents are being declassified the sightings by navy military pilots and so to me i think that's going to be this is where it really uh, to me comes to play, because this is all about a deception that the, you know, the, the worship of the Antichrist by the lost world uh, is going to be through deceit. If people are going to volunteer, it's not going to be just sheer force and intimidation, I think. And the way you can sneak this in and really win over the hearts and minds to worship the Antichrist and the devil, right? Because they worship the dragon as well, is going to be through this overwhelming, dazzling delusion. When these beings present themselves to humanity openly and and the world who doesn't know Christ and doesn't know God's word and prophecy are going to be completely overwhelmed and just fooled and dazzled and even and want to work with these beings and and receive whatever knowledge, power, technology that they're offering to humanity.
0: All right. That was amazing. All three of those. And last but not least, uh, Scott. Go ahead and uh, crush it too. <laughs> well,
5: let me, first of all, just say that I thank God for these brothers because your listeners just got what I would consider a masterclass summary <laughs> of the entire thing. And I'm just, I'm sitting here going, what can I add to this? Uh, I've, I've learned so much from, from all these, these men. And uh, um, I agree. Uh, I agree with almost everything that has been said here uh, where we might differ uh, is minute details because um This is, I absolutely believe the UFOs are real. I believe they're everything that these uh, brothers described. And if I may, I'll take the, uh, I'll put a timing aspect to it since they've covered so much of the phenomena itself. I I absolutely believe with uh, Ali that that UFOs are probably the chariots of God, uh, you know, and in fact, uh, Zechariah 5 uh, describes two different things that he sees up in the air the Flying Roll and the ifas, And uh, it even refers to them as this is their resemblance over all the earth. That to me is an invasion of some form of, of flying crafts or UFOs. But I'm, I'm going to focus on another aspect. And that is, um, as it was in the days of Noah, like Ryan said, so shall it be in the coming, in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So there's a timing thing going on. And In Luke chapter 11, when Jesus was accused of casting out devils by Beelzebub, he talks about a kingdom being divided against itself. And and I realize Israel's in the context, but he's still referring to something that we can apply. He says that when a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are at peace. When a stronger than he shall come upon him and overtake, overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor and wherein he trusted and divided his spoils. And I think he's referring to right now the strong man is Satan and his archon of angels, the principalities and powers. Christ said he's going to come as a thief in the night. I uh, mean, he implied that so much, and, and Paul said it, and Peter said it. Um, when he returns, he's the stronger man, and he's going to bind Satan for a thousand years and spoil his goods. In the same passage, he says something about when an unclean spirit Uh, is gone out of a man. He walketh through dry places seeking rest, findeth none. He says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when he, he finds it swept and garnished and he goes and he finds seven worse spirits than himself. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. I might suggest that when Christ had his earthly ministry, focusing the kingdom offer to Israel at first, and then they accused him of blasphemy, uh, that, he starts speaking in parables from that point forward. And I believe that was to put the kingdom of heaven message in mystery form. Uh, he said, it's hidden from them. We don't believe under you it is given to know, to the 12. So he didn't speak parables to amplify or explain it. He hid it in in the parables. And when he did that, he was saying that uh, he knew the the nation would reject him, but the truth of the gospel would go out to all the world. And he couldn't say all, everything that he needed to say yet as he may be later revealed to the apostles and Paul. But the seven spirits, there was an explosion of demonic activity. And I do agree with Gary that that's the Nephilim, the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. And I believe as it was when he had his earthly ministry, so shall it be the days of the coming, of the son of man. So we're seeing that explosion, a proliferation, if you will, of Nephilim. I frankly believe they're in the, the people that hold power in government. When you look at the insanity of just our country, there's no question in my mind they're demon-controlled or demon-possessed. And that's another proliferation of them. But I think when we see this coming up, that's the seven times worse, which would match the seven years of tribulation, in my opinion, and the time of Israel. And there's a timing issue in the book of Hosea that I think is pointing to why this may be happening now. Uh, In Hosea 5, Christ, I believe he's speaking when he says, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. I believe that's Christ speaking to Israel, and they rejected him. And I don't know, obviously, Israel and becoming a nation in 1947 has something to do with this, but God's waiting for their confession, national. And when they do, he's going to start dealing with them again the way he did before. And it's funny, because in chapter 6, the answer comes from Israel. Come, let us return to the Lord. You know He is smitten, and He will heal us. He is stricken, and He will bind us up. After two days, He says, we shall live in His sight. And I think the two days has to do with the thousand years as a day with the Lord in Second Peter. And I think we're quickly approaching that time. I think there's a timing issue going on where suddenly not only are these UFOs appearing and more frequently, a proliferation of Nephilim, but men like this and and women too are being given wisdom to understand what's going on to be able to say
0: folks we're in the last days. That was uh, that was awesome too. Thank you so much for that. Now uh Jason, do you want to add anything, dude? I don't want to well, leave I, you I just end. want to
2: agree with Scott. Uh he said the
0: timing issue is 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 a good point. You know, when
2: uh when Jesus cast a demon out of out of uh that guy with with two thousand with the Legion in, in him, you know, he said they said, hey, are you here to torment us before our time? you know, and he's, and he's, and they asked to go into the swine and they go into the water, which to me is like, Hey, you're going to, you're going to have the the same, uh, destiny as your ancestors. You're going to go in there and and experience the flood and you're going to die right there. But I I always wonder, um, why, uh, why now, why is the government like putting it out now? Because in every culture you have star people, you know, alien, any type of, uh, uh, talk about uh, extraterrestrials coming down, you know, and teaching people about technology and it's in every culture. So why are we surprised about it now? I think it is a time. I think it's their time is coming and they see the actual signs because they know the Bible, you know, they know the Bible pretty well, but it, it like you said, it's hidden in the parables. They, I feel like we'll be gone in the, we'll be watching this from the mezzanine when, when, when all this happens, that's what I feel like, because why do you think those people will be deceived? Because they, they didn't have an ear they didn't hear. You know, and and it says Jesus says many times, so let any man deceive you, and he says that for a reason because your ears you have to listen. When you any man, it's for you. Everybody on this panel, it's for everybody out there, not just for the smart, you know, theologians and the and the you know the hierarchy of those people. No, it's just for everybody. So that's great, that's 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 a good point, dude.
0: Great, great way to to um, great way to add on to that, bro. Thank you, brother. So yeah, so I love all that. So my next question for the panel would be are ufo abductions spiritually linked to the nephilim and daniel's prophecy uh they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men um like are they like mobile fertility clinics uh are fallen angels trying to recreate the nephilim again or are they trying to find who has the nephilim dna you know i i noticed that uh blackrock bought um Ancestry.com just recently. Are they trying to find that Nephilim DNA again and and trying to bring it back? Uh, What do you think? We'll start with you, Gary, like we did before.
3: Sure. Uh, uh, Really good answers by everybody on on the panel. I would uh, just underline a couple of things that even the elect are going to be deceived if that were possible. So that's how dazzling, that's how strong the delusion will be so that people will accept antichrist as the word of god and worship satan i think all of it sort of builds into that so i think that's just awesome sort of stuff uh, i would also sort of underline in terms of some of the time frame of the generation i mean the fig tree generation is a generation that's when all things are going to be filled uh, the days of noah as it's talked about in genesis 9 29 is the days of noah jesus used the used the exact same words even though that's translated in greek as it came out in hebrew in the old testament and that was 600 years before the flood and 350 years after the flood i'm not saying a generation is that long because it was shortened to your choice 40 70 or 120 years um, where this time frame is going to come about and in relationship to the um the two two days or the two thousand years when people are going to uh in israel are going to be awakened invisible judah as well both will recognize who their messiah is one being judah who they uh pierced and that is all part of that second exodus in in, in the last three and a half years so i thought that was just sort of awesome kind of stuff in terms of the question that you asked um you're talking about daniel 243 and I think there's going to be significant amount of interaction with the descendants of the giants, with the occult adepts, all that sort of different hierarchy of the the visible ones that are going to be bringing in, as they've done throughout their history, because they talk to the spirit guides, they talk to the celestial white masters, all at the adept level. And they believe that they can bring in a demonic spirit that will give them wisdom and additional powers and that it will be a symbiotic relationship because they have all of this sort of occult learning. I don't think that's possible. I think it's always a hostile takeover. It's just whether or not they're pushing back on that as what most people would. As a... So I think it's, they're going to be part of that. But when we talk about Daniel 2.43 in particular... That seems to be a little bit more restrictive in my understanding of that to the descendants of the metallic empires that are being talked about in there. So those are coming out of the beast empires. Those would be the descendants of the bloodlines. I think there's two things going on there. There could be that demonic possession and a sharing because you could take that back to Hebrew to interpret it that way. But I also think that there's that seed aspect that you just can't ignore that they're going to commingle their seed with humans. And so there's something significant going on there, but you can't just, you can't dismiss the demonic possession aspect because if you sort of roll forward to false prophet and the antichrist, for example, at the time of Armageddon, you have demons coming out of their mouths. So they're going to be part of the power that they receive, Now, you could also interpret that from the Greek, that that is not coming out of the mouths, that they're commanding those demons. So you could understand that two different ways, or or maybe even both, because I think a lot of times the English translations don't communicate the full understanding of what the original Greek and what the original Hebrew were talking about. So I think we have to sort of separate the leadership as to who's going to be working with these demonic spirits with The uh, other people that may be possessed, but probably more likely created clone bodies, some sort of oiketarian, a dwelling place for the spirit, for those disembodied spirits. And we've got several different layers here of what goes on with that. So you've got demonic spirits that are not in the abyss, uh, some that have to wander the earth looking for a place of rest, and some that seemingly can come through the portals at certain times. And so there are sort of different levels, but we're definitely going to see ones released from the abyss that are recorded in Ezekiel 32 as the terrible ones and other passages uh, throughout the book of Isaiah and and elsewhere that will refer to them as this specific branch of terrible ones in Isaiah 25. And you have uh, also the angelic aspect that they can work as an avatar in the occult understanding with an avatar just as satan worked with judah to give him enough courage to or judas to give him enough courage to betray jesus so i think you've got that aspect going on and certainly as it might play out with satan receiving power from the dragon um, which you could interpret as satan or another one of of the watchers or both um but he's going to receive that sort of power and he comes to power after those uh after the abyss is opened, and is actually sort of identified as connected to them as the son of perdition the son of apollyon as you go through that greek series of words that are all sort of interrelated and that um he is the one who was who was not and will be again uh, and comes up out of, out of the abyss so I think we have to be aware of all of those different kinds of things and then we also have the technology that we're working with in our world today that has that DNA chimera capability and if I look at sort of those creatures that are in the 200 million man war that I think is the Joel 1 and 2 and 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 Ezekiel 38 and 39 War, an army that has never been that size before as Joel 1 and 2 those descriptions are pretty much identical Joel 1 and 2 to Revelation 9 and that these are possibly some of the technologies that were being provided and they're going to be part of that Oikitarian or that dwelling place of the spirit for them to to dwell in so I think on not just one level that we need to be looking at this interconnection of the demonic spirit and spiritual beings and with the visible positioning of some of those other groups i think they're all working together in that great delusion uh, that is absolutely unimaginable of the things that they're going to be capable of doing to deceive people and it's just that immense that uh i'm not convinced that we won't miss some of the trial that we're told that you know we're going to see that as part of tribulation and i think we're we're all going to witness some things that we never thought or hoped that we would witness
0: awesome all right so next up that's some awesome information thank you gary appreciate you um next up would be ali saya.10 go ahead brother you want me to redo uh, thanks, the question so... or do you remember
1: it yeah i do remember You're two uh, 243 daniel um, yeah, so the that specific passage, uh, the, the uh, they shall mingle their seed with the seed of man. The they is the Hebrew plural pronoun. It's like saying the he's, right? So it's the masculine plural. So definitely, that seems to point uh, to the Nephilim. Um, and you look at the parable of the wheat and tares That God plants his seed in the garden, and the devil comes and plants his seed, and so. Um, if you take that literally, that this is really taking us to the sperma and to this whole idea that we're talking about the sons of God and their offspring, um, then definitely this this passage in Daniel can be seen as an injection into the last empire. And that's the context of the passage: is the Gentile empires until the messianic kingdom. Um, so definitely there is that. Now, the next verse, now in the days of those kings. That also provides context. The God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, uh, nor will this kingdom be left to another people. So this is the Messianic King, the pebble that comes and destroys the foot. So there's another context here that that this intrusion to the human DNA, it seems, since that's what we're really talking about here, leads to the rise of these 10 kings. Now, is it that these 10 kings come from the modern day uh, creation of Nephilim, which is called the you know hybrids, uh, because it was documented by, um, well, Bud Hopkins was really the first guy who started to gather evidence. Dr. David Jacobs, I think I met him in early 2000, we were filming the documentary, I went down to Philadelphia, and I've seen him lately as well, since he's come up with a new book that, you know, he talks about, they're more among us, they live among us, they have houses among us. Um, so this whole intrusion to the DNA um, can be seen as what leads to this 10 kings. And it's possible that the seed of serpent himself, the seed of the, the nachash, the, the snake, the serpent, that the dragon, you know, the ancient serpent, the devil, that his particular seed may actually be the very seed of the Antichrist, the leader of these kings. And then when you look at the parable of the wheat and tares... And you have this idea that it looks like it's a a contamination that's deep. That parable suggests that this is much more than just a few people, that it goes back to the genesis of history, that it kind of, you know, weeds into the tares, uh, the tares into the weed to the point where at the end of the age, you know, the angels say, should we go and separate the tares? And the Lord says, if you do, you're going to pull mine out. That tells me perhaps that maybe one of our ancestors had that tear. And if if that he had been taken out, we wouldn't be born. And we have a destiny in the Lord that needed to be fulfilled. So at the end, so this suggests a much larger intrusion. And it's possible that the ancient bloodline of kings, because there's lots of Nephilim kings from the ancient times that have had bloodlines and these bloodlines, continue to be ruling bloodlines among us. I don't pretend to know exactly who they are and who's behind the curtain, but I can see that its roots are pointed to by scripture and by enough history, then it gets blurry as you go, unless, of course, Gary has you know figured it all out into the 20th century, and, and that's wonderful. But for me, there's, there's a lot of mystery as to how these things come out. So it's possible that these 10 kings come, in fact, from the ancient bloodlines that have been among us. Because when I look at the modern day hybrids and I've taken a deep dive into studying them and I see how they're created, how they learn, you know, they're telepathic, they download information when they're with with, with the abductees who you're right, may have ancient Nephilim DNA, that's why they're good candidates, it's bloodlines. They tend to download information from their brains really quickly when they ask questions. So they're growing in the learning and sometimes they're even accompanying them to work. So is it possible that one of these guys building build one of these heavenly craft and engineered in a lab so that this time they don't look like giants, they can integrate, that these guys who are just learning how to be human in this artificial way could assume leadership over in human culture? I've been following that line of thinking for you know over 20 years, 30 years, thinking, is it true that these guys could end up being sophisticated enough and human enough that they could take over government and we would be like, yeah, like Elon Musk, you know, he's a great guy, but he's also a bit strange and he does a lot of weird is, could, could it be? That's possible. It's possible. I don't know. It's possible that they'll be, you know, human enough that they'll fool us or maybe the kings of this passage do come from the ancient lines where they've had centuries of practice, like Goliath, you know, who who have been kings over us. and But definitely this passage is telling us that we are headed to one more period of history where we will have Nephilim kings over us one way or another. And we've had Nephilim kings over us before, you know, Gilgamesh, uh, Og, um, Sihon, Uh, Goliath and his brothers who were not kings, but champions of the Philistines, mercenaries. We have tablets from the Middle East that tell us that these tribes of Nephilim would be mercenaries hired to shift the balance of power. And that's why the Philistines had hired Goliath and his friends and his brothers. I mean, sorry. So definitely they have been kings over us before Minos, you know, the line of King Minos. Um, and, and other uh, Greek kings, they have been kings over us in the past, they'll be kings of Nephilim over us in the future, whether they come from the modern day rise of the uh, hybrids or whether they're from the ancient bloodlines, I don't, I don't know. Um, and then there's the four angels that come out of the very Euphrates in the book of Revelation. If these are the ancient ones from the days before the flood then their offsprings, their, the spirit of their offsprings that continues to roam the earth, as it says in the Book of Enoch, it's been mentioned by Gerard and others, it's possible that these guys, the ancient ones that come out, connect to their spirit of their offsprings and have them haunt world leaders on their behalf. So the sons of God would be ruling through the spirit of their offsprings in the minds of world leaders. You know, they may create a connection, and perhaps even from their prison, They're powerful enough to reach out into their offsprings whose spirits still roam the earth and still be influencing us. So that's another uh, idea that, you know, uh, it's just, you know, uh, you can pencil in in the world of possibilities as we search the scriptures together. So these are some of my
0: thoughts on that. (laughs) I love it. Awesome. Uh, Thank you so much. And yeah, definitely. Uh, All right. Next up would be Ryan. Go ahead, brother.
4: Sure. So I wanted to just... um... Take a step back to frame in, in the why. Why are we going to see this end times mingling from Daniel two forty three? Why does it matter? Like what? How does it fit into the agenda of the devil and the Antichrist? And I think it's, and so I think it goes back to kind of what Scott was saying about the timing with Israel and this end times repentance of the believing remnant of Israel. You know, Jesus Christ <clears throat> said he would not. He told Israel, no uncertain terms. his first advent that he would not return until they said blessed is he who cometh in the name of the lord so the actual return of christ at the second coming is contingent and dependent upon that end times repentance and reconciliation of israel they have to welcome him and acknowledge him as yeshua hamashiach for that to happen and so i think it's about upending that prophecy just like in the old testament the devil is trying to upend Genesis 315 to prevent the birth of the seed of the woman. And that's why we see Genesis 6 in the birth of the Nephilim to prevent that from happening. And so now we already talked about the delusion aspect that the Antichrist obviously wants to delude Israel to worship him, to be to, to choose him as their Messiah, in which Jesus Christ also prophesied. So if, if one comes in his own name, him ye will receive, referring to Antichrist. But there's a second aspect of this as well. They can either worship the Antichrist or be disqualified from redemption. How can that happen? By corrupting their genetics, right? This again goes back to the days of Noah, that we can also be disqualified by having our DNA corrupted to become something other than image bearers of God. And that's why this end times mingling of seed is so important for the devil's agenda. And so, yes, I do think that it's going to happen clearly. And this is really all on the end about genetics. And, you know, Ali alluded to the the seed of the serpent. And I believe that the, the Antichrist himself, but I saw you hold up the book, uh, Josh, to the final Nephilim, the whole thesis of the final Nephilim is that he, the final Nephilim on earth is the Antichrist prophesied in Genesis 3.15. God told the devil directly, Thy seed that they will be empty with thy seed meaning he is going to have his own offspring who is antichrist, who is a hybrid. And when again, and so and I also so I also think that when you look at the ten toes of Nebuchadnezzar, that those ten kings, I actually believe they will either be hybrid or just fallen angelic kings who will rule one hour at the beast and give their power to him. Like the end times kingdom, those toes of iron and miry clay god is revealing to us that it's it's the mingled kingdom it's going to be the fallen angelic realm with their human servants ruling the earth in the last years before the return of christ and so and then look at nebuchadnezzar himself who i definitely identify as a clear foreshadow and typology of antichrist right he in the very next chapter, he says, oh, well, you know, I'm the golden head. that Daniel told me I'm the golden head of the statue. Well, I'm going to make a golden statue of myself to be worshipped under penalty of death, right? You know, he says, you know, he sets it up in the plane of Dura, right, out of, the, out of the gate in Daniel chapter 3. It's 60 cubits tall, six cubits wide. There are six uh, instruments, right? The cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer. Six instruments play when it's time to worship. Six, six, six. So he, ha- he is... He has Antichrist typology all over him. Then you go to Daniel chapter 4, and obviously the Antichrist will do the same thing via the image of the beast that you have to worship under penalty of death, as we see in Revelation 13. And then you go to Daniel chapter 4, and, you, and Nebuchadnezzar has this dream about this giant tree that has all these fruits, and it's, it's powerful and mighty, and all this, it has all these wonderful attributes, and then it's cut down. And Daniel, of course, tells Nebuchadnezzar, the tree in the dream is you and represents your kingdom and what will happen to you if you don't repent. And of course, he does not repent and he's punished by God. And of course, it, the punishment is announced by the watcher angels. And what happens to him? He is transformed into a human beast hybrid for seven years. let seven times pass over because let, let his heart be changed and let a beast's heart be given to him. But even he, we're seeing a preview through time of what of this end times mingling of seed. He lived as a hybrid being for seven years. Again, a foreshadow of Antichrist. And so, how do we see it um playing out for the rest of society? Go back to the the, the, the question and and the UFO phenomenon, abductions today, and how they relate to DNA and reproduction and impregnation and things like that. Right? It's all about. A preparation. God is always preparing his kingdom. He's prepared. He prepares the world for his arrival. He sends forerunners, sends John the Baptist, he sends apostles. There's always a preparation. And the devil is doing the same thing. I think when we see the efforts, whether it's by the Silicon Valley billionaires who are seeking immortality and trying to extend their lives for hundreds of years, you know, I just uh, showed a clip at a presentation last week of uh, one of these Silicon Valley billionaires who said, Literally said that he at present is planning on extending his life to 180 years like already, you know, with the technology he's invested millions of dollars in. And so whether it's them or it's the demonic and fallen angelic realm for the UFO deception, you're muted,
3: dude.
0: Uh okay, something happened with his uh microphone. Man, he was he it up too. on
3: my screen. And think okay, about it this way. I also there it compare is. it to oh, there to you go.
4: the Tower of Babel, where you know, you look at the Tower of Babel, that was a human-led effort, right? They were trying to construct this tower, which I believe again was trying to access the spirit realm to so access the sons of God and bring back the days of Noah. And it was so it was on the cusp of unlocking something, a power that was so. Uh immense that God said if they do this, there's nothing that will be restrained, which they have imagined to do. Right. And again, you think about days of Noah, it says all the imaginations of the heart were evil continually. So to me, when we see these efforts now, it's the same idea. This effort already before the Antichrist even arrives before the veil of removed, to try and bring back this error. And again, it was so they were so close that God had to come down from heaven to stop it. So I mean, imagine. What they were going to unlock—it was clearly a spiritual, a spiritual force and power, and I, I believe, you know, fallen angelic knowledge, technology, and their power, and, and opening, ripping the veil back open again. So, I think what we're seeing now in the modern phenomenon is a precursor of the ultimate mingling of seed that we'll see in the end times, done via the Antichrist. And I believe what's going to happen is. He is, to me, it all comes back to Revelation 13, verse 4, when, he, when the Antichrist receives his mortal wound and is then, I believe, by satanic power resurrected from the dead. He's brought back to life. And I believe that that's the point where he tells the world, I've overcome death, and now you can. And if you look at the reaction, that's when the world is really won over. It's at that point to say, who is like him? Who can make war with him? He's like, he's God. And then I believe the mark of the beast will be the ultimate end times mingling of seed that it's not just an economic device to buy and sell with, which of course it is. It will also have a genetic component that you just like we have to be, think about it. I mean, our, our salvation is all is really pred, is really predicated on blood, right? It's the blood of Christ that redeems us. We have to be in Christ. We shall be as him. There's a physical and genetic aspect of our salvation i believe and i believe the antichrist just mimics it it says if you take on my dna if you take if you are in me i'll give you eternal life and this is why there is no turning back from the mark there is no redemption or forgiveness if you take the mark and you, god sends an angel all over the world we see in revelation 14 to say do not take it if you take it there is no forgiveness you will burn in eternal torment." because you have now once again, like the days of Noah, corrupted yourself to become something other than human. Okay. All right. Great points.
0: Good Great job, points. Amazing stuff. Okay. Uh, next up would be Scott Mitchell. Let's go. Yeah. There's um, so much
5: to unpack, which these gentlemen uh, presented. It's like, it's amazing. Uh, first of all, I just want to say there's no question in my mind that Mark Zuckerberg is an alien human hybrid. So Let's just get that right on the table, because uh, clearly the the Daniel 243 is talking about people like that. Um, now, I don't I don't know what he is, but uh, he's uh, I think there are hybrids among us. And when I'm so glad Ali, you brought up the tares among the wheat, because that is exactly what I think is happening with that with that statement, that that is uh, Christ telling us that the children of the wicked one are very much physical Because everything about this is genetics. It's been genetics from Genesis 6 forward. And and really, when you think about it, uh, everything that Ryan just said uh, goes back to Genesis 3, really. He said, uh, you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 1 says, that which has been is that which shall be. That's what's happening here is it's another opportunity to become gods, to live forever, like you talked about the Silicon Valley uh, people, which I think are all very much influenced by demons. Um, the, the abduction phenomenon, uh, in my opinion, uh, after interviewing a few people that have either been abducted multiple times themselves or have encountered these entities through psychedelic um, mechanisms like mushrooms or whatever, but before they became delivered from the suppression uh, or what have you, um, I'm beginning to think that actually I do believe that this, uh, there was a covenant or an agreement made between Eisenhower and the grays uh, so-called in 54 and that they, the United States government is very much aware of this and could be other governments too. I believe the deep underground military bases are facilitating this and uh, that the um, agreement was to allow these people to be abducted. It's all involving genetics. When we talk about the seed or the sperma, uh, it is all about, um, you know, women are being impregnated. And then three months after that, their uh, the, the fetus is removed. Um, and so I think there's two things going on there. One could be Uh, to aid in the deception if you've already got tares among us planted um, there's they're gonna be see you can be like us look at us we have these superpowers we are going to live forever we don't get sick or whatever they claim their superior genetics is going to be so like ryan said human 2.0 they're going to be the 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 poster children for that to encourage others, to influence them. You know, we talk about uh, TikTok influencers, right? Well, here's the influencers, here they come. And so people will want to and voluntarily want to take this mark uh, and to become like the gods. Uh, The other thing is, is it possible they're trying to create an army? Because Satan and his angels know they're outnumbered, two to one. Uh, by God's and Michael's angels, you know, and Michael's the Prince of Israel. So uh, we talked about Ali, I think, or or Gary talked about the Prince of Persia and and the battles that took place there. So clearly they, they're going to be fighting in Genesis, in Revelation 12. And I suspect they're looking to build an army to help uh, defeat the host of heaven. Uh, Satan is so arrogant. He thinks he can win, I guess, or he would have given up a long time ago. And then finally I'm going to throw one, More thought out to this, and that is, um, and this is going to tie much, I I was sort of influenced by this guy that wrote this book called The Final Nephilim on this, so (laughs) I blame Ryan completely for this, but, um, you know, Israel, we know, is going to have the temple rebuilt, and the Antichrist is going to desecrate that temple, the abomination of desolation, and from what I understand, and I hear it all the time, every year somebody's claiming they found the red heifer, the red heifer, right, And uh, because it's necessary to implement so-called sacrifices again. And um, I would argue that Satan mimics God in so much of what he does. You know, he's got his tares among the wheat. They look just like wheat. Um, The kingdom of heaven went into mystery form. The Roman empire went into mystery form. You know, Um, Satan's always emulating. What if humanity in the days of Noah was such superior genetics in, in the human condition that the ability to procreate between a sons of God, the B'nai Elohim, and a human woman uh, created these giants, these Nephilim. But now we're so far removed from that. We get, we're getting sicker all the time, you know, older, uglier, balder, whatever. Uh, and, and our genetics are just deteriorating. So what if Satan is looking for a red heifer to bring about the seed? And I don't mean to call women cattle, but you get the idea. It's, it's a metaphor. (laughs) Is he trying to find some woman that's genetically pure enough or capable to actually conceive Apollyon, conceive the antichrist because he will be a Nephilim. I agree with Ryan about that. I believe the 10 Kings are Nephilim and I I believe they're all going to be somehow associated with maybe like you said, bloodlines. So I think there could be something to that. He's the one of the reasons they're doing these abductions could also be because they're looking for that perfect mate to be, you know, the mother of Rosemary's baby, if you will.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Uh, that's a, that's an awesome angle to come into. Maybe they're looking, he's looking for that perfect bloodline and uh, it seems like a lot of women do get abducted and and maybe he's trying to find out which one is the perfect one. So, um, another question I have, cause I talked to Ali about this when he was on my show, because in Ezekiel, uh, we have the wheel within the wheel. Okay. So we have an angel flying that, uh, it says, um, all around it actually says wherever the spirit wanted to go they went you know so um also the chariots of fire you know when Elisha, uh you know asked god to uh take away the veil and and his servant looked up and saw that the angels were on chariots right and um ali was explaining to me that 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 it just means vehicles so uh my question would be are are ufos or these vehicles is that what fallen angels have to use to travel through our realm is that what we do you guys believe that Uh, Gary, I'll start
3: with you. Yeah, another really good question. And without being too redundant, I just thought I'd throw out the passage that I think encapsulates the seed line that we're talking about, no matter what the version is. And I always like to point to people to Psalms 21.9 through 21.11. Um, it's such a, a terrific. I'll just read it for people. I have it in front of me. So it says, Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of the anger, the Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. So this is an end time prophecy in the time of the year of the Lord's wrath. Verse 10 their fruit. Thou destroy from the earth and their seed from among the children of men, for they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous advice, device which they are not able to perform. I mean, it clearly says there is a uh, a seed, a fruit of this race on the earth, whatever form they're in and that god is going to remove their seed and that's all about all the other passages that everybody else was talking about the tares and everything else so uh you know because i always get asked a lot of times people well, you never really show me a smoking gun verse that says there's another seed line that's the one for me and then you match that up with isaiah 25 where this branch of the terrible ones will be destroyed on the mountain in the end time that's, that's the other one, but it's not as explicit because you have to go deep into what the terrible ones are. So, yeah, the great chariots of the Bible and the great usurping of that by the ancient alien mythos and everything like that. And it's a such a great topic. I think that's one of the things that, we're, that we might see in the end time. I also think we'll see all sorts of other types of craft, uh, lower level of craft, and I'll come back around to that. One of them will be like an orb that uh, I think that word was mentioned before, and I would sort of define that in our technological understanding as a quantum bubble. And if you look at back at orbs in ancient history, you have these faces that are in there because those are typically what the gods went from one dimension into another dimension with through these quantum orbs. So I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see craft that's flown by the lower level of the rebellious ones as well. But when we talk about the chariots in the Bible and uh, that they're being pulled by the cherubim as the book of psalms talks about and these wheels within wheels that are powering part of the throne of god as it's envisioned in ezekiel 1 3 and 10 there's a special kind of cherub in those wheels and it has a face of a cherub so it's distinct from the four faces because it has actually one different face and when it talks about the wheels it's the hebrew word gilgal but when it talks about the angels in those wheels, it's ofat and the male plural is ophanium that is the other watcher that is talked about in the book of enoch as being the throne angels so you have this vision of the cherubim pulling god's chariot and then you have this other as part of the watchers that are around god in god's heaven now in polytheism you have a usurping of that as saying well that's a spaceship But also you have this understanding in Greek history of Apollo and Zeus and Artemis pulling these chariots. And they're defined sometimes as with being pulled by horses. Sometimes they're defined as as a unicorn. And a unicorn is an allegory for an angelic watcher being in the occult. And a watcher being that has the ability to provide knowledge, just as cherubim are associated with the knowledge. And that these are uh, actually the cherubim, fallen cherubim, pulling this chariot of the fallen Ophanim that would be working around the counterfeit thrones of Zeus or Apollo or and or Satan would have it. So they would have multiple throne rooms and multiple movable throne rooms, so to speak, that they would make visible in the physical world. So we're going to see that as well as we start to see the hierarchy present themselves as not fallen angels, of course, but some sort of very high level being that's at the top of this uh, of this rebellion. So we're going to see that type of uh, revelation that comes around in the end time, and we're also going to see different forms of these, uh craft because it's there's so many different groups within this great deception of these beings that that they're creating so yeah i think we're going to see all of that and uh it is uh it's going to be you know we can't imagine it we just can't imagine all the things that are going to be thrown at us it's going to absolutely discombobulate people and they're going to be more easily deceived and it's going to be so crazy that it's going to look like well how could there be anything more powerful than these and they're playing to all of my weaknesses they're pl- they're telling me everything I want to hear which is a lie <laughs> because the cold truth is never you know it's like it's like eating that scroll in revelations and then having it go sour right it's going to be exactly like that um so i think we're going to see all sorts of different types of vehicles that are that are being prepared and somebody mentioned uh, preparing of an army well i think we're being told in a lot of the entertainment that they're doing that like the clone army in star wars so when you can imagine this uh 200 million man army that beings are riding on that are part of that war imagine that as being part of that clone army that's being developed
4: Mm,
0: great stuff all right thank you gary that was awesome uh next up would be ali uh yes thanks uh jason for that question that's a great question so from a
1: thirty thousand feet view big picture so the bible speaks about the world in which we live that's the claim of the bible it speaks about real cities real historical events real people the real future of the earth so when i look into the pages of the word of god i should see the evidence of it outside of my window so these passages definitely do exist um psalm 68 verse 17 the chariots of god are tens of thousands and thousands of thousands the lord has come from sinai into His sanctuary you know, David imagines the angels of God at Mount Sinai with the Lord who gave you know, the the law, um, and the word here, Rehev, Elohim, so Rehev does mean something that carries you from A to B, it comes from the root word to ride, and it can be a vehicle, it's just that there was no other vehicle than chariot, so it just translated as chariot, right? And the word Elohim can also mean angels in the Bible, and that's a whole study in itself. But it, this passage could be very well talking about the angels, uh, chariots, or vehicles. And, and so there's this thing in the, in the Word of God, and Elijah is lifted up in one. Now, there's another passage that's a end-time passage. It says, see, the Lord is coming with fire and his chariots are like a whirlwind. He will bring down his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. This is from the scroll of Isaiah 66, the last chapter, verse 15. It talks about how God will come with his chariots and the word here is merkeva, which is from the same root word as rechev. It also means carriage. kind of like the carriage that carries, you know, the king of England. It's translated as chariot because it really does mean the same thing, vehicle. You know, one of my Israeli friends were saying that he could come into his garage, open the door, and there'd be many cars, and he would say that this is my Merkava. There is a very famous line of tanks in Israel's army called the Merkava tanks. That's where it gets its name from. And I suspect that this, this is what Ezekiel saw. So I think the term Rehev is used for the angels' vehicles. But Merkava is singled out for the Lord's throne, which is a mobile throne. And I think it was also asked King David. It's in Chronicles that there they would be merkavas on the uh, architecture of the temple. You know, it's it's placed there, um, so with the cherubim, and the throne of God is described by Ezekiel. He sees it kind of, you know, it's 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 not clear. It's not a completely clear vision. It's opaque. It's kind of looking through the tunnel darkly, like Paul says, because he's a man. He's not going to see the full face and glory of God. And it is not happening in the Holy Land, you know, in the context of the temple, like in the Old Testament setting. It's happening in this place um, by the River Chabar. So what he sees, he describes, he's a flat area. And underneath it, there is these four wheels that are intertwined. One is this way, one is the other way like this. So it, it means it can go in any direction. And it says, you know, that the the spirit of the wheels is in the beings and the spirit of the beings is in, you know, the man on the throne. So God commands the angels, I guess, with his mind. And then the angels move the throne of God. So definitely we see that even the Lord travels in his vast creation on a mobile throne and that the angels have these things as well because, if we're really discussing the nature of the angelic world, it seems that, you know, there is one way we have come to see them through the art of the Renaissance masters and through the tradition of the church. We haven't really thought too much about angels, frankly. There are magical, mystical beings of, of a world where they can do anything. Now come this age of history where the Lord says, wait, this is the war of angels coming to a head and I need you to see more of this. And so now we're really focusing and looking at the Book of Enoch and looking at the gods of the ancient world and knowledge that's passed down, which seems a lot like science. Even the massive forward motion with the Industrial Revolution and with all the new technology that keeps coming, which is no doubt preparing us for the war of wars. This tells me that the angels are beings like us in God's creation, limited unlike God, who by choice can be on the boats of a fisherman and, and at the end of Roman whips and on the back of a donkey and in the heavens among his chariots, but he is God. His angels, on the other hand, no, they are like us, you know, bound by the laws of God's creation. And so it seems that, that they're, they began to appear to me as beings who knew more, of the creation of God, of the laws of creation than we do. And so they they are able to organize things. Now, the fact that we can break the nucleus of the atom or reorganize DNA or send rockets into the second heaven, into the heavens there, I think this is the stuff that the sons of God do. I mean, Adam is called the son of God. We can do these things because we are of the world of God and angels. And so what is technology? Technology is nothing more than the organization of God's creation according to a body of knowledge. You organize God's creation according to a body of knowledge, even the donkey that the Lord rode on as a technology, even the tree that provides oxygen, even the body in which we live, this is just a way something is created according to a set of knowledge and understanding. So the angels, when the Lord says to these angels, go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham is there to bear witness of this rising smoke, You know, we tend to immediately, our reflex is to imagine because of of the medieval church and the European church that came into colonies and the tradition we've had, that God imagined us, you know, with his mind, some stone that lifted up and sulfur that came out. But perhaps his angels that came out like us, they organized the light into a beam and used God's creation. You know, you take a ruby, you put it in a light, you got laser. I don't know. So this is So there is definitely the possibility that the angels of God operated in. The laws of God's creation as we do. The danger in this thinking is to think we know too much and superimpose our own 20th and 21st century technology on the world of angels and try to make them in the image of our present understanding of the world. And that would be a tremendous mistake. But then the other extreme, to make it look like they're just magical beings, void of operating in the the laws of creation, would be perhaps the other mistake, right? So definitely we're onto something here. These passages in the Bible that speak about these vehicles and the mobile throne of the Most High are the biblical evidence of this empirical reality, the UFO phenomenon and the Lord and the narrative of the Bible plugs them in a story that reveals their true nature and identity and motives. Yet there's a lot of mystery and we don't want to, you know, put them in a box and superimpose our own technology on them and make that, make it into Star Trek. So we have to have the humility to wait until we see the fullness of it as the apocalypse unfolds.
0: That was great. I felt like I was reading a book, man. That was amazing. All right, awesome. Well, next up we have Ryan, Peterson. What's up, brother? Go ahead and go with the your thoughts.
4: Well, Ali, that was powerful, man. That was powerful, brother. He made so many great points there, and I really, really um, want to piggyback on some of them. You know, one, I love the description of the idea of a mobile throne, right? That even God Yahweh uses as a throne that is mobile, that it has a vehicular aspect to it, and I love the way you just talked about sodom and gomorrah and that you're right you know when we think about so much of american european christianity which is really just western european christianity and iconography like you said so much is influenced by that and not really going to the text you know the angels told lot we cannot do anything until you leave So implying that they're the ones who are going to carry out the judgment, that it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't God just imagining brimstone and it goes, it appears out of nowhere. I believe that when you talk about them manipulating, uh, you know, the the elements that God have created to cast that punishment on Sodom and Gomorrah, I think you're absolutely right. And the scripture actually supports that. And even you think of, I also thought of Revelation eight, where you have the mighty angel, you know, at the altar who cast down the stones to earth. It's just, it's physically being cast down. So I think, I think that's going to lots of great points. And also um, this idea of um, the moving the mobile throne and moving through the heavens and how angels are interacting, I think there is something to that. Because, uh, you know, what came to my mind, obviously thinking about Ezekiel 1 and thinking about the cherubim and the thrones and the chariots was uh, some of the work of uh, Michael Heiser in the idea when he talks about the idea of Baal, and in, in that ancient culture, Baal being seen as the God who rides clouds and this idea of riding in clouds and how God, Yahweh, also refers to himself in the Psalms as he, he his clouds are like chariots, we see uh, in the Psalms. And of course, in Daniel 7, we see the image of the fort, the prophecy of Jesus, the son of man, coming in clouds and and ruling, taking dominion over the earth and heaven. And then later on, Jesus, of course, is accused of blasphemy when he quotes that and says, you shall see the son of man coming with clouds. That there's something, I believe, from the angelic um, perspective, there is something um, in terms of rank or power or might in terms of this idea of who has the power to ride through the heavens, to ride through the clouds. That is something that designates who God is. And that's why there was such a harsh reaction that they wanted to, you know, basically assassinate and execute the Lord when he said, "Yes, I am." You know, that was really one of the only times he answered directly when they said, "Are you the Christ?" He said, "Yes, I am," and you shall see the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. So I think that um, there is really something, and, and 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 I like also Ali that you said that we can't. Um, we don't want to limit or interpret the Bible just in our own image, that there's something going on in the heavenly realm that beyond just the fact that, that angels can be the chariots or that the cherubim can carry the throne of God, that there's something even in terms of how they view each other that is expressed by this idea of how you can ride through heaven, how you can use the technology of the universe to actually transport yourself. And then ultimately, obviously God um, himself right even 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 in an Acts, when he was left he left in the clouds and then the angel said he will return as just as you saw him leave he's going to return back in those clouds of heaven so i think there's um a lot of very interesting and powerful revelation in all of those passages
0: awesome awesome all right uh thank you ryan i appreciate that insight and next up would be scott
5: yeah, um, great points made by all tonight. Um, I absolutely believe that angels and the Lord use vehicles of conveyance. Uh, they would have been described, like Ali said, in the, in the, in the century in which the prophet wrote uh, as a chariot, because that was the vehicle of conveyance that they could relate to. Um, <clears throat> and chariots of fire and the mountains of God, when, when we referred to, um, I think Jason referred to Elisha, uh, God, he prayed. God, please open his eyes. It might have been you, Josh. Uh, yes. Open his eyes that he may see. It wasn't that um, these things were um, uh, ghosts; they were very much real. And it was the problem was the the servant of Elisha couldn't see them, um, but here they were, and they were part of God's uh, creation. They were part of His. Uh, Maybe another dimension, but the same laws of physics uh, pertain to them as it pertains to us. They just have technology to to manipulate it in different ways, and and I agree with that. Um, Also, Gary said something that really struck me when he talked about um, uh, something in like Star Wars and the Clone Wars, and I truly believe that Satan being the, the god of this world and the prince of the power of the air controls the media, and I think symbolism is important to the occult. So it's important to the fallen angels. And I believe they're revealing somehow what their plans are, what they're doing in fiction, writing and uh, movies and whatnot. So there's probably something to all that. So that brings me back to um, somebody mentioned it earlier in first Corinthians 15, <clears throat> excuse me. When Paul talked about the different types of bodies and he said there were bodies celestial, I think it was you, Ali. Um, and, and he was referring to um uh, the different types of seed and whatnot. Well, Christoplatonism and I think Gnosticism have, some, have done so much damage to the Word of God and the understanding of the Word of God, rather, over the years that we, we've grown up thinking that all spiritual entities are just ghosts. You know, when I was a kid, I thought when you died, you go to heaven and you sit on a cloud with wings and you strum a harp. <clears throat> like Sylvester, the cat or something with a little halo on your head, you know? And yet Jesus Christ, after he, uh, uh, ascended to the father, uh, came back and he ate broiled fish and a honeycomb with the disciples. He said, touch me, handle me. You, a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have, um, going back to the, the Lord walking with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the day, he had a body, he was physical. They hid from him. Uh, the angel, uh, the angels with uh, the Lord uh, met Abraham and they sat down and, and he killed a kid and dressed it or had a servant do it. And they ate with them. Uh, so th- these are physical beings. They're not ghosts. They're not, they're called spirits, but Paul says there's a spiritual body. And so, yes, they would travel through mechanisms of conveyance just as we do. I believe our civilization is based upon the angelic civilization we didn't just discover everything they we're patterned after them he's called the lord of hosts the lord of armies he he has generals he has ranks i mean these are there's military you know all of that is being emulated in humanity by that so We've got to stop. The, the Bible's a Middle Eastern book. We've got to think in terms of the Middle East, and we've got to think how the ancients thought at that time. And I think they absolutely conceived of these individuals as being uh, riding through on chariots, riding in vehicles of conveyance, and they they did. It's technology from our perspective now, as we we look at it and see it. And then portals as well. And Ryan talks a lot about portals and and you know rivers. <laughs> Something about rivers, you know, are, are involved in portals. And and maybe these orbs and things are, are part of that, which Gary spoke of. Um, in fact, uh, you mentioned earlier, Josh, that uh you you reached out to LA Marzuli to be on this panel. And LA in a Zoom meeting I was on not long ago, and he's since put out videos of an entity that shows up on a trail cam. I don't know if y'all have seen that. But in in this footage, there's this light that appears almost like a ball of fire, what I might describe as an orb, but it looks like it's an opening of a portal. And the next thing you see is, and and it could be a a hoax, but to me, it looks real. It's an entity looking right at the camera that for all the world looks like an elf or an elven creature or a Nordic or whatever you want to call them. I think it's a fallen angel. And he wanted to be seen. I think they're wanting, he used some vehicle of conveyance or portal to step into that footage (laughs) and wanted to be seen. And then I suspect, um, you know, he would have returned to his realm the same way. So there's no reason. I mean, to, to uh, 400 years ago, somebody looking at an iPhone would think it's magic, right? You know, so uh, I believe it's it's just it's just an advanced technology that we can't conceive of right now. And
0: they use it. Okay. Awesome. For sake of time, I don't want to keep Ali up too late or Scott
4: <laughs>
0: or Ryan. I think, Ryan, aren't
4: you East Coast too, bro? Are you East Coast, Ryan? I'm in Central Time. I'm in Texas.
0: Okay. You're in Texas. <laughs> yeah, I'm, Central, okay. I'm Central Time. Okay. Yeah. So, hey, I just, saw, okay. I think everything we went through, I wanted to ask, uh, like, how does this uh How does this apply? How does this apply to end times prophecy? But I think we touched on it already. I think we kind of just crushed that question already. So uh, I just want to go with any last thoughts that you guys want to talk about so that people know, uh, make sure that they're not getting deceived for the Christians that are listening, for anybody that's maybe new age, anybody that's anything, please help them understand that so that they don't get deceived. You know, I don't want people to get deceived. We don't want people to get deceived, whether they're Christian brothers or just normal people that, that are just looking for the truth. You know um, I just want to see any last comments. I'll start out with Gary and we'll go, we'll go through. And Jason, I'll let you talk too, bro. I'm sorry, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just want,
2: I just wanted to say something about the, uh, about something they were talking about, but go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, Jason, go, no, ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 no. Let, let me go through. I'll, I'll, I'm just saying it, it, they talk about it in the days of Noah In the days of Noah, people were living to be like 400, 500, 900 years old. Did you imagine the technology you would know in nine hundred years, you'd be pretty smart. You know, you'd be pretty. I'm pretty sure that they knew what they were looking at, and like you said, it's just a word. Like, a, it's it's a word for a vehicle, not the actual thing. You know, like it could be a, it could be it could be anything. But um, I just wanted to say that, and then also the Solomon Gora part when when those angels came, and those men saw them, they wanted to go after strange flesh. So that's that's it's it's kind of the same thing. It's strange flesh. They they were attracted to these people, the men were of the city. So it's it's a uh, it's a good. It's, it, that was a good. Uh, that was a good point about Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh This is a good show, man. This is really good. I didn't have to talk. That's why I love it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I know. Usually we're talking our, our, our butts off. So we got a chance to sit back, relax, but uh, let's go with last words. And, and guys, uh, like I said, man, I appreciate you guys. You, this is this right here is just knowledge after knowledge, all of you supplying and Jason, you too, man, you coming in, you're supplying some stuff. I'm not really talking right now because I just want to let you guys talk. So Gary Wayne, go ahead, brother. Any last thoughts?
3: Yeah, I think in We want to be able to put things in context of where we are in time prophecy and maybe give some advice or or, or make some links. And so I think the first thing I would um, suggest to people to to really think about is that, you know, that reference to the days of Noah is more than just the violence, which would have come from the Nephilim before the flood. Um, It was that. Destruction where the whole earth was corrupted. That's the Hebrew word, shakoth, decay, ruin, words like that. So something happened to it. And I think the genome and the plants were manipulated i think the dna was manipulated i think that's why god called all the animals to the ark because he knew the ones that weren't and were they were the best representatives of the species and just as he selected eight both physically and spiritually that would be best to to start the earth and so we need to understand that nothing is new under the sun. That was talked about in terms of Ezekiel, but also in the book of Ecclesiastes. So nothing is new under the sun. What will be, what was, will be again. So we're seeing replays of things. We're seeing a replay of the angelic rebellion. We're seeing a replay of the Nephilim and the Raphaim rebellions and the beast empire rebellions that Michael fights against the beast empires and prevents Antichrist from coming until the end time. So I think we need to understand that the bible is the most supernatural book that was ever written uh, god is alpha omega so he knows everything knew everything what was going to happen and knows who is going to uh, from the time he created the book of life who would blot their names out but there has to be that period for everybody to come and have that opportunity as what was talk- talked uh tonight and that as we understand this generation, however long that generation is, it doesn't have to take the full generation, but that there are, there is one other overarching sign that Jesus provided, which was the beginning of sorrows, that there's these disasters that will be repeating and getting worse, and it will seem very much apocalyptic before even the last seven years start. And so we have things that are developing, we have technology that's developing in different lanes that will be coming into a nexus point down the road. And the point is, is that we want to be very careful to a recognize the signs of the times, the things that are happening and get that directional understanding. But we do not want to get ahead of the technology and we don't want to get ahead of biblical chronology in terms of prophecy. So you can't have things happen out of order. So we, if we wanna have credibility to make these connections like the aliens, we have to be credible in our arguments. We have to be credible in our connections to end time prophecy and not be proven false. So we wanna be very careful how we communicate that and in a way that fits uh, the Bible and is not going to make us look silly down the road because that just helps the enemy. Somebody was talking about what the Gnostics have done with the seeds of uh, interpretation and the seeds of reimagination and all these other things that they've done to confuse people and thrown in so much polytheist imagery and things. That's the things that we also have to keep in mind and we have to be able to be clear and say that's not what the bible says here's what it says and here's the the possible connections that you need to understand with with respect to that so i think that we're as we connect that back into the aliens are part of the overall delusion they're part of the overall deception but the great delusion leads people away from god to worship antichrist and satan and i think all of it comes together in that sort of manner so uh, those are the things that i would want people to consider in terms of making that connections and so we'll see more and more with that sorrow understanding of more and more intensity to the revelations of the alien deception And we'll see more and more of all of the tactics increase in its intensity, including attacks on Scripture in terms of reimagining it, attacks on Christians. And we have to understand that it looks like we're right there, but there's a set time and everything has to fit perfectly in prophecy.
0: Right. Thank you so much, Gary. That was awesome. end thoughts. Uh, next up would be Ali. Any last thoughts for our audience? Uh, yes.
1: Yeah, as for as deception is concerned, you know, the, um, I was introduced to this whole idea uh, of the possibility of the connection between the world of angels and this whole modern day UFO phenomenon in 1995, 1997, and through a series of Bible studies I was doing, kind of started the research there and then it just kept going. And so over the years, as people saw me as a UFO researcher, they kind of come and confide to me, and I've been shocked to see how many people actually already in their hearts have converted to the religion of E.T. They already believe that the saviors of the world have arrived, that, you know, the problems of the earth is beyond them, and they need this 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 extra ex, exterior salvation. Um, and, and people are very intelligent and have important jobs, and I'm like, wow. You know, that's interesting. And so, in fact, that's how I got to make the documentary, which, by the way, I think people can watch on my website, thinkagainproductions.com. And so one thing that I would definitely say is that be warned that what the Bible teaches us is that it is not all as it seems. That deception has been the marker of this time, according to the Lord, when he was asked to talk about it in Matthew 24, the end of this age. He began and ended. His speech by saying, do not, don't be deceived. The admonition, don't be deceived. As Chuck, as Chuck Missler used to say often when he spoke about that. And so the deception comes through the media, just social media, the internet. I mean, just it's hard to understand what's true anymore in this world. And so all the more the word of God becomes relevant as the light and the darkness. And it teaches us that there is a great deception coming. And very well, we've already, we're already seeing it that it seems to be about the rebranding of, of the fallen angels. And ultimately, if you're into the UFOs and all that stuff, understand something that this is the world of angels. And there's good angels and there's bad angels. And the angels of God are the mostly the ones that are on the way. And that this is not an alien invasion, it's the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that we are not living just, you know, cataclysmic events because of wrong uh, decisions humans have made concerning in the environment or whatever. We're living these, these events because this is a time spoken by all the prophets. It's the climactic moment of biblical history that there would be a time where... Israel would return to live in that land, the ultimate redemption happens after the Messiah comes and brings them all back. And that the events of history in the Middle East suddenly fit within the scope of biblical prophecy. And they tell us of a great many things we've touched upon. You know, the the appearance of these uh, ships, heavenly craft, uh, the appearance of of Nephilim, and so many other uh, spiritual mysteries that Gary also alluded to. so, we have to understand this in the context of biblical uh, writings and not be deceived. The good guys are on the way. How do you get ultimately not to be deceived? it's it's if you're already believing in the Lord, then the reading of the Bible will clear your mind. It, but ultimately, make sure, make sure that you have pledged your allegiance to the King of Kings, that you have found the way to the Father, that you have been touched by the love of God. And have the Holy Spirit, which lights up your mind and gives you discernment to the Scripture and protects you from deception, because of the connection it gives you to the Lord God. Now, above all times, it's important to make that connection um, and to know to know who God is. You know, this is the ultimate way of not being deceived. Um, just before I finish, um, the among the Jewish people, since I'm involved in this there is a massive revival happening worldwide where they're called they call themselves messianic Jews it seems at this point that's the kind of umbrella there under the rabbi jonathan Kahn has become very famous from that group um there is an, a they're, they're remembering who the lord is you know that the that the, the jesus is the messiah and Paul did talk about this, that once the number of the Gentiles, you know, has come in, is complete, the fullness of the Gentiles in, in his letter to the Romans, that, that the blindness would be removed. And he did say that they were partially blinded because, of course, there are many Jews, even the Pharisees, you know, who all those people who were baptized at Pentecost and received the Holy Spirit. They're all Jews, right? Every single one of them. The, the, the Pentecost of, of the Gentiles starts with Cornelius and his house. That's the second Pentecost that begins. The, the Pentecost we all talk about, you know, when Peter gets up and talks, they're all Jews. Come to the Feast of Weeks, you know, to Shavuot, to Pentecost, from all these nations. The Romans and the Greeks, other than the small group of proselyte, didn't know anything about the Messiah and all of these things. This was only something that was known by the Jews. So there's a lot of them that believe that a portion was blinded and Paul says this blindness will be removed. And the fact that that is happening now tells us that yet one more sign of the end times is falling into place. The blindness is being removed. Why? Because the number of Gentiles is complete. And so I think that the Lord blinded a portion so that he could give light to a portion from among the nations. But once that number is done, so that we would join them you know, in this kingdom eternal, then the blindness is removed. And you guys have mentioned this, and everyone is right, that they have to ask for him. To you know, he said, you know, you won't see my face until he said, "Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord." Something along the lines of Baruch Haba B'Shem Adonai in their language. You know, he told them that you know that that they would have a call for him. So I think that we are headed to that place of of full redemption. The trials and tribulations of Israel and the wars and the pressure that they're under, I think, leads them to come out of secularism and out of the tradition of the Gentiles that they have collected in their hearts and minds, and return to God, because the pressure they're under is so great. And even today, we just saw in the news that, that Iran and Saudi Arabia have signed a pact brokered by China. And I don't know what's going to happen if Putin gets you know, put in the corner. Perhaps we are going to see uh, the last great Islamic war against Israel. And this certainly in the book of Ezekiel, it says that it will read, lead to a time of restoration and, and and glorification of God. And I think this will happen in the minds and hearts of the Jewish people who, who may be, you know, praying as this thing comes to them. If this is indeed different from the War of Armageddon, which it may be, I don't know. Um, and I think that the, a lot of the Islamic soldiers will... Will suddenly have wake up call when they lose and go, wow, God is with Israel, and they will they will be you know huge huge spiritual upheaval in those nations uh, as a result of this. So I think that we're headed for times where Israel continues to awaken to its to her identity and to her Messiah eventually and call for her for him. Uh, this is the hope. So I think that's I wanted to just say that you know there is this has already started. There's a lot of them that have already suddenly are saying, you know, Yeshua is the Mashiach. And that's very interesting that that is also happening in our age. So put your hands into the hands
0: of the King of Kings and you won't be deceived. Amen. I love that. Yeah. Amen to that. And uh, Ryan, go ahead.
4: You know, I just want to echo God's word in Isaiah 46 where god is explaining through isaiah the prophet how we know he is god right above all the beings we're talking about above the fallen angelic realm above demons principalities powers thrones uh, spiritual wickedness how do we know that he is actually preeminent over all of them he says i have declared the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that shall be right? That God is the only being who can foretell the future. He's created, he exists outside of time, he's in the future, past and present at the same time. And so it's prophecy that God himself declared is how he distinguishes himself as, as the most high, El yon And so for Christians who are watching this and listening, just take heart, be encouraged, be of good cheer, because you know the end. You know, Revelation 19, how quickly the Antichrist and the, and the false prophet are defeated and thrown in the lake of fire and Satan's cast in the abyss for a thousand years. I think because he fathers is Nephilim, that's another story, but we know the end. We know the end, so we should be comforted and it should motivate us to share God's word and, you know, really strengthen our witness to the lost. And remember, that's why we're here, right? Our mission is to be like Noah. Building the ark and preparing ourselves and our family, protecting our family, but also preaching. You Noah know, was a preacher of righteousness while he was building, he's preaching the word. Even if you think people won't listen, it could be people in your own family, it could be your coworkers, it could be your, your classmates in school, it could be your enemies. And so you have to continue in that mission because it's so precious. And we don't know how many precious few days we have left. And for you know, the other thing I really want to say is that when we talk about the alien phenomenon, and the attraction of it. And we've said a lot about deception. And there's two, I think two aspects of it. We definitely we definitely hit home the fact that this is going to be real, literal supernatural manifestation. These, these aren't parlor tricks. These aren't sleight of hand. These are gonna be beings with literal power that are gonna, people are gonna see this with their own eyes. You know, the, the, uh, the book of Revelation says, the false prophet will call down fire from heaven. These are going to be miracles, all lying signs and wonders. But I think there's another part of it too. And I think that's why so many people are attracted to it. You know, my wife was an amazing, wonderful, strong Christian woman, you know, was raised in the new age movement and we saved out of the new age movement. And when you think about the new age and so many religions that kind of speak about uh, the return of the ascended masters or the, you know, or aliens and things of that nature, um, a lot of the the allure of that is that it's built on love that these beings are loving beings there's no judgment everything is good we just want to unite and bring humanity together as one in a spirit of love and i feel like in in the marketing and branding war christianity is really falling behind in that area you know god you know christianity is the only religion where god is doing everything to redeem you right we don't have to do anything god has done it all jesus paid it all and so every other religion is say you have to do something take this step go to mecca perform this ritual do this do some act in order to redeem yourself where christianity says god is going to do everything you can't even do anything and god's gonna do everything why the most popular verse john 3, three sixteen, because god so loved the world and so i want to encourage um Christians, but also those who are not believers, who are on the fence to know that not only has God told you, you're not going to find another text that's going to tell you all the things that we're talking about have all been written 2,000 to 3,500 years ago, you know, in 66 books. There's no book like this. There's no other book that's going to tell you the future and end-time events and prophecies that have already been proven, but also from the very beginning, it's a book about love and Christianity is a religion of love. And we have to, you know, we we, we, we we originated the religion of love where God was willing to say the first two people born, I gave you one command, one rule. And as soon as they broke it, what did God do? He clothed them. They hid. You know, we mentioned this before, you know, Scott mentioned they hid from the Lord. But when God sought them out, it was to, to forgive them, to cover their sin. Because of love. And that's what this is all about. Everything that God has done in Christianity is built on that, that we have to, we we are about loving everybody, the lost, the left, the right, the center, everyone of all races, all backgrounds, all nationalities, all sexual orientations. We, God loves you and wants to bring you back into his family and redeem you before the enemy catches you. And that's what this is about. We were just, we are literally being thrust in act two of a war that's been taking place in the heavenly realm and we are the prize. And so everything we're saying isn't just to warn you about the truth of what's gonna take place as the end times unfold. It's also to remind you that at every step, whether we're talking about the flood in the days of Noah, whether it's the wars in Canaan, whether it's the end times judgments of revelation that are to come, it's all about God's plan to save as much of humanity as possible because he loves us and we as Christians love you as well. So I want to just share that and make sure that people know yes, there are lots of other faiths and belief systems that talk about it and talk about love and and maybe and maybe they truly believe that. But they don't have a god who has the power to save you from the punishment and judgments and evil to come because he loves you so much. Only the Christianity has that you will only find that in the Bible and I hope this episode will help you to believe and trust and take a step to uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Yes. Amen Amen to that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, last word, Scott, please.
4: Yeah.
5: I don't know how I can add to any of what has just been said, but I guess the pastor in me is going to have to come out here. (laughs) Uh, And that is to say, uh, first of all, Ryan, thank you so much for that. And uh, Ali, you um, you literally uh, my my Sunday morning message tomorrow online is the fullness of the Gentiles. <laughs> so you literally talked about that, and I'm going to discuss that in detail tomorrow. And and what I'm focusing on is the time there that that um, the blindness that's happened to Israel is going to be until the fullness of the Gentile become in. And I think that has a lot to do with the. Some see it as just a number of of Gentiles getting saved. I'm not so sure. I I don't disagree with that, but I think that it, it more it has more to do with the times of the Gentiles coming to an end, and the the be coming in there is like it's the beginning of the end. So what we're what we're about to see is the final stage set for the Antichrist to come. The times of the Gentiles will come to an end. Israel will be restored, and they'll rule over the nations with Christ as King, reigning from Jerusalem. So he's coming back. He's going to restore all things. and what people need to realize is Paul said the night is far spent the day is at hand and he wrote that two thousand years ago. and it's just as true now as it was then. Uh, we don't have much time left. Uh, I believe the night he's referring to is spiritual night and and it has to do with you know he's Christ said I must work the work of my father while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. And when he is, I am the light of the world. He's coming back the day, spring, the day will dawn the day of the Lord, but the day of the Lord is darkness before it's light. So what we're trying to do and what Ryan said is, is that we are trying to reach the world with this truth because we don't have much time left. And I think just as the new age deception as falling for this, uh, the loving of, Ascended masters that are going to come back and uh, try to appear as uh, angels of light. I think the church has become Laodiceans and they're, they're lukewarm and they're not talking about these things. They're sort of become myopic and they're focusing on just their internal things and building a church and planning churches and you know getting more donations or whatever. But you know what? Jesus Christ is the only name under heaven whereby men might be saved. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Paul was a Pharisee with a career path going to who knows what in the, in the possible uh, uh, Sanhedrin or whatever his career may have led to. But he said he chunked it all and counted it as dung that he might win Christ. And he committed his salvation to the Lord Jesus Christ because he met him and he knew he's the only one that could save him. You need to realize that you need Jesus Christ more than you need your next breath. You're not guaranteed another heartbeat and we're not guaranteed another minute. Uh-uh. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Just like Ryan said, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The good news is if you're a whosoever, you could be saved. And I trust and pray that you will trust Christ as your Lord and Savior
0: thank you so much jason last words
2: oh man great show good points uh everyone had a uh, really good stuff and and some of the stuff i want to look up myself that, that, that they're talking about so no everything was great man thanks for everybody being on um you guys are awesome guests and and we love having you guys on Especially
0: all right guys thank you so much for listening and um i believe uh, personally that uh like i said i think the deception started with the heliocentric model and then they went to uh evolution and then they brought the big bang i believe that's like the scientific trinity and i believe that 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 was all set up so that people believe in aliens coming from other planets so that you know uh when the war in heaven happens uh the the angels come and there's all these descended masters and pe- people smoking DMT seeing aliens uh but they're actually demons or, f- or fallen angels and I, and i really I, I fall in line with everything these gentlemen said i want to say thank you so much for coming on guys really seriously and uh especially staying up late And uh, I really appreciate it. I just want you guys to all please check out the final Nephilim book. Uh, Check out uh, Judgment of the Nephilim. Okay, guys. And then also um, Gary Wayne's uh, Genesis 6 Conspiracy. Check out uh, Bible Mysteries. And also check out Ali Sayedal Tan's uh, page. Okay, his YouTube page. And also check out his website, um, Think Again Productions. All the stuff that these gentlemen present, I'm telling you, is all biblical. Also, Scott has um, some stuff on conspiracies and the Bible like I do. Ryan Peterson on his uh, Judgment of the Nephilim YouTube page is also Christian and conspiracy sometimes. Mostly biblical, but he does have some conspiracies in there. Gary Wayne, Christian and conspiracies, just like our show. Ali, same thing. So you know what I mean? It's a, we're, we're, we're trying to shake and wake up the Christian conspiracy. Um, we're trying to really? shake up. The uh, we're trying to bring the Bible to the conspiracy theorists and we're trying to bring we're trying to wake up the church with the with the conspiracy so they know their enemy. If not, you guys are gonna be lost in the sauce, okay? You guys are gonna be deceived because you don't understand what's going on. Okay, we're trying to show you, okay. All you gotta do is just if you have ears, we need you to hear. And we're not something great. All of us are just men and we're just trying to do our best. So I wanna end this in prayer. So father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for a clear connection. Thank you for bringing all these gentlemen, uh, you know, letting us meet these gentlemen. Uh, thank you for, for just opening up their minds and, and, and allowing them to, to, to write books and to make documentaries and to make podcasts. You know, we appreciate the knowledge out there and we want to pray for anybody that's being deceived right now with the new age or deceived with, um, you know, Freemasonry or any type of, you know, Rosicrucian, whatever, just Lord, if you could just break these chains, there's demons right now that are just trying to have salvation. They wish they could have salvation. Just let people know to appreciate being a human being, being able to breathe, appreciate the fact that you created them. uh, And, and, and hopefully they just understand that, that salvation is what they need through Jesus Christ, through your son on the cross. And we appreciate what you did for us, Lord. And thank you so much for allowing me to be, a person to represent you. And just, I want you to use each and every one of us as vessels to bring people to Christ. And we just, please, Lord, if you could do that for us. And we appreciate you, us even being able to do that at all. Thank you for letting me speak. Thank you for letting me breathe. Thank you for the water I get to drink. Thank you for my children. Thank you for these gentlemen's children. I want to pray that you put a legion of angels around them to protect them because they are releasing information that I know that the fallen angels, the demons, and Satan, they don't like. They do not. They dislike this stuff. So please put a legion of angels around all of us protect our families because we are just trying to be your vessel lord so we appreciate everything you do anybody that's listening right now lord please just touch their soul right now their spirit and have them please just come to you okay supernaturally just have them come to you thank you god we love you in jesus name amen all right everybody that's listening subscribe to their pages subscribe to ours and please support these gentlemen they took their time out to be on this show and we appreciate everybody that's listening god bless you